Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, scores! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Got our game ratings coming up from Saturday night's tilt against the Los Angeles Kings. I anticipate uh, some rather... Low ratings coming up from that game against uh, a team that's chasing you in the standings in the Pacific Division. I'm going to compare and give you guys the real-time first half versus first half from last year to this year, which I think will surprise a lot of people. Uh, That's coming up in just a couple of minutes, plus one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, The Winter Classic is in the news from Fenway Park uh, for all the right reasons as we continue to talk that game up and look forward to the 2024 version next year in Seattle. Darren Millard along with uh, Chris Chapman here in Fox Sports Las Vegas, Finley Chevrolet Studios, and Ryan Wallace out and about. Yep, yep. I am uh, I'm always going to be... Um Loving the time that uh, we share together, Darren, but uh, sometimes seeing you too many days in a row is too much for me. That all being said, you haven't seen uh, me like, for forgot. like four days. No, that's not true. You're a cool cat here. Yeah. Well, I, I did miss you yesterday. I did miss you. Like, where were you at FanFest? Because I, I, I know I was there. I, I, just, I missed you. I didn't I'd, see you. I had my hat on. I had the girls. We yeah. were walking around. Yeah. Uh, we were just, nice. we were people yesterday. We actually didn't have to work. That, I didn't have. David Chain did the thing. We were we were yeah. uh, just with the with the fans, and it was cool. It was cool. Now I got to ask both of you yeah. guys because I, I saw the video yeah. of. I unfortunately could not get down there, but I saw the video of Chance on the zip line. Yeah. W- would either one of you guys be all in on Slotzilla? Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for sure. I asked Dave if he would do it. Gosher, he said no. Really? He's a maybe. Uh, ah, yeah, maybe. maybe. No, there's no there's no maybe there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. No, he, he said he said maybe, but then uh, explained that that he's not uh, not a great flyer. So no, yeah. I've watched Dave, Dave, uh, th- and I've told you guys this. It's I'm yeah. a picker, I'm yeah. a prodder. I love having some fun. I won't even make fun of uh, flights with Dave because <laughs> it's just it's just not nice at all. He's, some people have yeah. those phobias. Uh, Don't even go sharks. Uh, and Dave's is is flying, but there's no way. He is doing the zip line or skydiving or bungee jumping or anything like that. I wonder if he would go on the high roller. I think he would do that, go on the high that, roller. But uh, that that's feels, that's that about as – Because yeah. you don't even know you're moving, really. No, exactly. Yeah. Nice yeah, and slow. There's three of those four things you mentioned that I would totally not do. The high What's roller? That? I'm, not, I'm not doing the high roller. Why? I, Why? I, I'm just, I don't like Ferris wheels. I've I, never I, heard that but, before. But it's but it's barely a Ferris wheel. Yeah, but like, it's the it whole. I, I I'm not a big fan of heights. I'm definitely not skydiving. That is, there's no question. So what's the one thing you would do? I would probably do the zipline. Zipline's no cool. Sense. Yeah, I I I'm not well because I'm not that high off the ground on that zipline. Yes, because there are ziplines. <laughs> there, there was that the are one high. that used to go from one tower of the Rio to the other uh, pre-COVID. 
that not yeah. still there? I don't think it's there anymore. There uh, is zero chance I'm doing that. Uh, there's you wouldn't do in, that one in Europe, uh, Italy in particular, who go across big valleys, like canyons. Yeah, yeah, it, it's spectacular. You wouldn't do that one. But, oh, uh, oh no, 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 no. Pleasure. How about that? I, I don't know whether Chance had a camera or not, but that would have been a cool point of view coming across that crowd yesterday, seeing thousands yeah. upon thousands and of black and gold, him, and... and he didn't even answer me back. Really, not, that's not cool. Did yeah. not answer me back. Oh, uh, well. Nope. It was it was cool to see him kind of z- zip line in. He, he was right above where we were doing the yeah. broadcast. Maybe maybe he a had cool a premonition. Visual. Maybe he had a premonition that was your fault. And then that, you, that that all these injuries happening. Lump it on my shoulders, baby. Yeah. We are getting yep. rid of all the bad vibes by blaming one person. That person's got to take it. You saddled me with that responsibility, at least uh, by way of the Twitter poll. So far, I haven't checked in the last couple of minutes, but I assume that I'm still in the lead because I'm the most responsible. Let's get to their game ratings uh, from Saturday night. <laughs> Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Bear with what me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. It was a loss to the L.A. Kings. Chapman, what do you got for us? Well, it's definitely not a DeLorean like Doc Brown was talking about. Um, yeah, it, it's a one. It is. It was one of the rare occasions where I can say they just had a stinker. Um, I, I know some fans are disappointed with the effort, but you know what happens. It, it, it's just the way it is. And and are you you're not, counseling me right now? I'm just no. I'm I'm, I'm speaking oh. to the fans. <laughs> okay. Not not every game can be a Trans Am or DeLorean. Sometimes you have to have the Gremlin in there, and and you know this is unfortunately one of those Gremlins. I agree with you. Anything you saw that jumped out at you where I, you were not I, happy with? That I was not happy with. Yeah. I thought after they hit a couple of posts, I thought they 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 kind of, I don't I, the the it just didn't seem like it was there. The shorthanded goal I thought really just took any opportunity they had to to maybe get back into that game. Obviously, the Kings are a team that plays very very well when they're ahead, and you allow them a shorthanded goal. It's it's deflating, and I I thought that that was probably the most disappointing aspect of it. The shorthanded goal. Because uh, this is a team that's really that's been really good on special teams, and it happens. And and you know, I'm sure they'll be better Thursday. So, but that's the one thing. The shorthanded goal was really what stood out to me. Wallace, yeah, it's a one out of five. AMC Pacer. Um, I like Chapman. Did not like that shorthanded goal at all. Uh, I didn't really mind the Golden Knights' first period. I, I thought, you know, you, you kind of create some opportunity early on. You have a 2-on-0 with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith. Maybe it's, call it a 3-on-0. Uh, you don't end up getting a shot, but you do get a power play. Then you hit a couple of posts in the first period. Uh, game can kind of change on its head if some of those plays end up working out for the Golden Knights. It didn't. You get a kind of a fluky goal at, at the end of the first period for the Kings, and then it just didn't really feel like the Golden Knights had any push once they fell behind. And I think that's one of the things that was maybe the, the most disappointing for me is that we've seen at times the Golden Knights fall behind and they'll come with a push to kind of get themselves back into the game and, and kind of empty the tank, and it just didn't seem like that was coming uh, on Saturday night. So uh, one out of five, you're going to have those from time to time. It is what it is. You counseling me right now? Nope. Okay. Uh, We look at it, and you lose 5-1, and it's uh, up there with two other games this year in which uh, they lost 5-1 at home. So it's it's not the uh, high mark that we were anticipating or hopeful of going into the game when it's first against second in the Pacific Division. I'm going Pacer as well, or AMC Gremlin. Uh, It's uh, it's both the same. They're both ugly cars. But 
That game was there for them in the first period. It was an even first. I, I mm-hmm. neither one of them outplayed the the other. Fiala got the got the goal, but Vegas had a minor edge in shots on goal. I, I thought that that was a pretty back and forth first period. It ended up being the best period of the game uh, when when you reflect on it. And it was a low event hockey game. The total mm-hmm. shots were forty three in the game. 23-20, that's super unusual for a Vegas Golden Knights outing to only have 20 shots in the game, which tells you that Los Angeles did everything that Los Angeles wanted to do from a defending aspect. There was not a lot of uh, big saves by Phoenix Copley uh, that, that you can remember. That takes away uh, chances. In, in the other side of it, Vegas didn't give up a lot either. So there's there's the defending perspective that Vegas was okay with. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of pucks that Logan Thompson would want back. Uh, they made a goalie change again for the second time in the last couple of weeks. That tells you that uh, Bruce Cassidy was was looking for something different from from his goaltender. You're not making that change uh, when it's his first uh, start after being named an All Star without having your rhyme and reason to do so. Uh, the the pressure offensively bothered me though uh, more than anything the LA Kings did. Uh, on their end to score those five goals, quite honestly. it, uh, it There just wasn't enough there uh, from Vegas. And going into the game, there was a couple of things that I was very conscious of. One was any type of emotional dip after the return of Paul Cotter and Jonathan Marcius, or uh, sorry, Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel and uh, Paul Cotter, the game before. Uh, those were two big players to put in. They got some great production out of them and and scored a big victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Saturday night, they added to that with Marcius going back in and Alec Martinez. Four players going in in two games is a lot, and any type of emotional drop-off after wanting so bad to get back in for for Eichel and Cotter. I think there was some of that in play. Uh, Just being a a little bit disjointed, uh, the lines moved again. Uh, somewhat uh, up front with the Marcheseau going in with Eichel and, and Riley Smith and uh, and Waugh going back to, to his familiar spot, uh, but he hasn't played there for uh, a little bit. So that part uh, that part worried me uh, in the game, and I think there was something, something there with that. The other part was this 1-3-1, and mm-hmm. boy, it, that's a drinking game. If, if you want to play uh, and get, <laughs> get just lit out of your tree... Yeah. Listen to us <laughs> yeah. the next time that the Vegas Golden Knights play the LA Kings because you yep. are going to be smashed out of your tree uh, if you play a drinking game <laughs> every time uh, the announcers, us, uh, certainly on the TV side, uh, talk about the 1 3 1, which is one man uh, up high in the neutral zone for the LA Kings, three basically across the blue line. And then the last person, skater, on the on the LA Kings is down by the hash marks near his own goalie. And uh-huh. it's it's very effective against teams uh who want to carry the puck through the neutral zone. It is diabolically challenging. If you allow the opposition, in this case LA, any time to get set up and put that one three one in place. You're going to have a tough time. That's what bothered the Edmonton Oilers so much in that playoff series a year ago and why 
an L.A. team that took some great strides was comparable to the Edmonton Oilers playing their best hockey of the season. That shouldn't have been close, but it was uh, because of that 1-3-1. Now, you you got to play an up-tempo game or you got to throw the puck in in the right spot. That defenseman who's hanging out by his goaltender as the 1-3 and the 1, uh, last man defending, you got to be able to throw it uh, away from him if you can, and you have to get on him quickly. Because the four guys in the middle of the ice are putting up a wall against you. It's not the greatest defensive posture if you're looking to create opportunities off it. Like, But L.A. doesn't care uh, about that. Uh, they are simply putting up a wall and making you choose. And when you're a team like Vegas, which loves to transition the puck, it makes it very difficult. And if you're at all... Uh, unable to put that in a better spot in the corner uh, for retrieval and establish some kind of forecheck, you're going to be in, in big trouble. Uh, there's a couple of examples. Riley Smith and Jack Eichel had a great give-and-go, moving the puck in the neutral uh, ice uh, and, and moving down. Those are the type of plays, if you're going to carry it in, you gotta you got to really move it quickly uh, around that wall and be, be confident in it. They weren't very effective against that 1-3-1 drink, uh, in the second and third. <laughs> it, 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 it was dramatic. And I think... I'm not going to kid you. I jumped there. I didn't know that was coming. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Saturday's game, as weird as this sounds, mm-hmm. was an incredibly appropriate teaching moment for Bruce Cassidy that won't pay dividends Thursday, won't pay dividends in February. But if there's a chance that these two teams, L.A. and Vegas, meet in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Mm -hmm. that game on Saturday is going to be the ultimate scouting and prep video for the Vegas Golden Knights. Because that showed you... Right there. The the first game of the year, Vegas managed to pull out a victory. It was early in the season. The second game was a close game. Uh, Vegas, uh, right after Christmas, was really good in that game. Deserved better uh, than a regulation loss. But L.A. was on their game on Saturday with that 1-3-1 drink. And that is a, a, a situation where Vegas saw if they don't handle the puck properly, mm-hmm. And they aren't effective and very conscious of what they're doing with that puck, then it's not going to work. It's not going to come out on on your side. They're, they have four shots in the second period. They have seven shots yeah. in the third period. They accept four and seven. Do the math. That's forty minutes of hockey where you didn't create yep. much at a time when you should have been trying to get back in the game, and there should have been a push. And there wasn't much of a push. It ended up being almost a Red Rover, we're going to go to sleep, and nobody's going to come over in the third period. They just stood on the blue lines and, and stared at each other. But <laughs> but it's a great teaching moment for the head coach. Sure, he'll use some of that battle drills or uh, tempo drills tomorrow when they return to practice because they had today off and uh, work their way to to be better effectively on Thursday against the Florida Panthers. But Saturday's game will really pay dividends in a positive way when and if these teams meet 
in a Stanley Cup playoff series because the players now know what happens if you aren't right strictly on the game plan. Because there's a game plan that can beat the 1-3-1. Mm-hmm. If, you, if yeah. you follow the game plan and you're effective in moving the puck, now the other team's trying too. Uh, they know what's coming. Everybody knows what the 1-3-1 can do. Uh, every team's prepped for it uh, all the time uh, when they play the LA Kings. They know what's coming too and, and how you're going to try and beat it. But if you're effective with it, you can turn that to your advantage because you can create odd man situations. But if you don't, something like a 5-1 loss can bite you. So there's there's a positive in the future. We just won't see it for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I think kind of the one the one thing that you look at in that game is we you know we both kind of mentioned that the first period was pretty good. Like it was open for both hockey clubs, both Los Angeles and Vegas. And you know, when when LA got that lead in the first period, they were way more passive in terms of the pressure that they were sending up ice. They weren't necessarily allowing themselves to get caught out of positioning in the one three one in the neutral zone and that really to me was the big story because LA one one was gonna be enough for them, right? Like they were they were prepared to go the remaining forty minutes with one goal being enough. They were able to find some more, some more insurance markers, but when when they've got a lead, that team can really squeeze the life out of a game and you saw it for uh, firsthand on Saturday night. They can generate offense. They just don't do it off turnovers. Like like something, they're they're fully into defending, getting the puck back, and then working their end zone pressure in, in the offensive zone. But there was there were signs in that first period while it was even play going back and forth. Certainly the most even game uh, period of the of the contest. There was indications that Vegas wasn't feeling it. You saw line juggling in that first period. Uh, Michael Amadio was moved off the line with. Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and Paul Cotter was moved up uh, in his second game back. There was indications that the coach wasn't seeing what the coach had envisioned uh, for his team, both 1-3-1 drink and uh, just execution as a whole in that game against the Los Angeles Kings. So uh, the the cracker trail was there if you went back to the first Mm -hmm. period, even though we both look at that first period and go, oh, late goal. That that wasn't that bad. It was it was an even first period. It was probably tilted more so than even we would uh would admit given uh, what ha- what happened with the line juggling and what the coach was was seeing. And then things got moved around uh when when it came to the lines the other night, which will be interesting going forward Thursday. Tomorrow's the first day back at practice. Uh, Amadio was moved around the other night a little bit. He was moved around uh, on Saturday night. So the last two games, he's been shuffled after his big hot streak. Mm -hmm. He had more time on the first line against Pittsburgh, much less against Los Angeles. Does he stay there? Or does Paul Cotter, who was up there for the back half of the game on on Saturday night, does Cotter slide in there going forward tomorrow? And then Amadio plays with Phil Kessel and a William Carlson. Or do they make another change? We, I, I don't know who's 
there's four days between games. There might be another return uh, coming up uh, in here. Uh, Howden's uh, a guy that uh, that is out. Uh, Dorofiev is a guy that that's out. Uh, he's he looked good in his short spurt uh, with the team. Uh, I'm very curious to see what Bruce does with that Stone Stevenson combination and that left wing tomorrow, given the pretty quick adjustment that he made on Saturday night. Yeah, I. I think that if I'm looking into it, I'm expecting Paul Cotter is going to get a look alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. That's just kind of the sense or the feeling that I have at the moment. Um, but more more so than anything else, like I'm curious to see how much runway Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marchessault gets. Because like, every time it feels like that's a line combination that's gone to for Bruce Cassidy, either within a game, it's, it's either a game that the Golden Knights don't play particularly well in, or you're trying to kind of find something because something's flat. They just don't get a lot of time together when they're put together. And, and so I'm curious to see how much runway Smith, Eichel, Marcheseau gets if they're back together for Thursday night's game. You know where I feel about this. Oh, not, I know not, how you not, feel. Not how I feel. It's more what I expect to happen. I, I like I like the line of Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, and Jonathan Marsh. So I really do, and mm-hmm. and I love uh, the way that uh, at times Eichel and Marsh so are on the same page. Like they 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 just read off each other really well, and Riley Smith can can generate things the way he's played this year uh, out of nowhere. Uh, Marshall hit a crossbar the other night that should have gone in. Mm-hmm. That, that absolutely mm-hmm. should have gone in. Uh, I, I like that line. I just look back on the history of it. And at times you, you go, okay, that went uh, was going wrong or that person was injured, and that's why the misfits who were broken up went back together, and then they got hot and they stayed together. They look back over the last five and a half years. There's a bunch of those examples of reasons why they were split up, reasons why they ended up back together. But the constant is they always end up back together. And I don't know right. whether it happens Thursday. I don't know whether it happens Saturday or in the back half of the, the homestand. But if Matteo's not going to play up there and Cotter... We'll, we'll, we'll see uh, where Cotter is because he's got to go up there and perform too. And, sure. and he's yeah. still he's in his first year of the National Hockey League. That's, that's a lot to, to ask of a player. But they're going to, if, if Matteo's not there, then it's, then it's Cotter's uh, position right now. Uh, or Dorofiev whenever he comes back. If, if you can't get that spot going, then I think it, it's an easy switch to make. Eichel's there, Stevenson's on the wing, and your misfits are together, and you go back to trying to solve the the third line. That's yeah. That's where I see it headed. But I that has nothing to do with Saturday. I want people to know zero sure. yeah. to do yeah. in the with the wake of of Saturday night. I had a belief that that was going to be the end result uh, going into that game, which is fair and you're consistent there. I just don't know how you get a third line you're going to have play the way and the to the identity that Bruce Cassidy is looking for. Like if you look up and down the lineup, like William Carlson 
is everything that you want in that spot in the lineup and more as a third-line center, right? Like, we know how good he is defensively. The game that he had with Cotter and Kessel uh, in in Cotter's return to the lineup against the Penguins was one of the best games I've seen William Carlson play, and that line was a big difference maker. So when you see that that's possible, I just don't know that if you load up your top two lines and you're left with Cotter, Amadio, and Kessel what are the reasonable expectations that you have for that line? Because that's an area of the lineup that you're going to have to get more from in the back half of the year. Your sights are offline. It's not about what your expectations would be for the third line. It's are you getting really solid contributions out of your first line? That's that's the goal in, in making that change. It's sacrificing the depth of your team for great production out of Stevenson and Stone. And it might be just a blip for them, too. They, they were on such a heater. It, it might be sure. just, uh, and, and Matteo, too, it might be just a, a little bit of a blip, and, and they'll come back and, and, and be great. But uh, to, to make sure that you get the mileage and the production from your top two lines, you might have to make some kind of uh, sacrifice. Now, uh, I, I looked at the first half, first half. We had this on television on, on Saturday night. It's unbelievable yeah. how similar <laughs> this year's opening half of the season, 41 games, mm-hmm. was to the first half of last year. Now, last year they missed the playoffs. But what, what it shows you is how dramatic of a drop-off there was in the back half of last season when they just ran out of gas because of all the injuries. That second and third wave of the injury barrage really hurt them, which is why we're, we're blaming me today for all the injuries, yep. and we're going to get it right out of everybody's system. Dump it on me and go to Twitter, vote on it, click me, uh, I'm, I'm welcome to it. But last year, you, you had 50 points in the first 41. This year, 56. You're plus six. That wasn't as many as I, I thought. I thought they played more consistent to be just six points better. But, mm-hmm. but what we remember from last year is the back half and uh, and not being able to keep it going and, and survive the barrage after barrage of injuries. There are three more wins this year than last year. Goes with the yeah. six points, but uh, with, with, with the uh, other, uh, I feel obligated to say three more wins. Does it feel that there should be three more wins this year than last year? It does to me. Mm-hmm. Goals yeah, four. Does. I... Goals four. Go this, this one that... Uh, that will surprise you, I think. <laughs> Goals for this year, minus six compared to a year ago. I didn't see that coming. Hmm. Even Chapman's giving me a hmm. Interesting. Through 41 games, six fewer goals. Interesting. Wow. Power play. Huh. Power play is okay. up 3.8% over last year. That's a Big jump. Yeah. That, I think we all saw. And 3.8 may not resonate to you listening uh, on the 215, but that is a huge, in in power play efficiency, a 4% Mm -hmm. jump is massive. So we, we, I think we felt that. And and that is is a true reflection. And the penalty kills, uh, a positive uh, 1.2%. So almost the same, a little bit better though. But, mm-hmm. but but almost uh, sorry, certainly more 
in line with last year uh, than this year. But six more points, three more wins, six fewer goals, and a power play that's roughly 4% better. Close, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To last year. Absolutely. Yeah. But does it not feel different? And is it the number of injuries? Maybe the injuries weren't to the goaltenders. Uh, why does it feel different? Uh, because Mark Stone went out early and, and battled his back. Pacioretty was in and out. What, why do you think it feels different this year than last year, that this year feels a lot more uh, handleable than, than last year? Yeah, I, I think that you know, right now in this moment, it feels like the Golden Knights are getting healthier, right? It feels like you've got uh, somewhat of a timeline, so to speak, on maybe a Zach Whitecloud and a and a Shea Theodore. Like you know, it's not going to be tomorrow, but it's it's you know, you've got kind of an idea. Um, you've gotten healthy up front. You've gotten Jack Eichel back in the lineup. You've gotten Paul Cotter back in the lineup. Uh, you've you've now gotten John of the March so back in the lineup. So I. I feel like because the Golden Knights are getting healthier right now in this moment, it doesn't necessarily feel like uh, it's going to be something that they they have to deal with all season long. But I think we probably said the same thing at, at 41 games last year, though I will make the argument that you know you, you lose you know Robin Leonard for stretches and it was kind of up in the air as to how long he was going to be out then you lose Mark Stone again for an extended period of time Max Pacioretty again for an extended period of time and you had at various stages two-thirds of your top line out of the lineup on a night-to-night basis and then you had two-thirds of your second line out of the lineup and I know that you know the Golden Knights have had to kind of piece some things together of late but you've had Mark Stone in every single game you've had Chandler Stevenson in every single game for the most part you've had two-thirds of the misfits in the lineup every single game and you know I, I think that you're you're maybe not missing out as much in individual spots top six um, that you that you did last year interesting though the Colorado game they had nine players out mm-hmm. with injury that was more for one game than they had at any point last year they had, they had 10 players out last year at one time, but some were COVID. They, they had more players out with injury for one particular game a couple of times this year than they had last year. But it is different. The, the, go, the captain and the goalie. That, that, that's mm-hmm. where uh, it, it feels different this year than last year. Your goaltenders have been healthy, and your hat captains played every game. Yeah, and and that's fair. I And, you know, you you bring up nine players, and that's sure. You're, you're right on the money there. But, like, you still have... William Carlson and and Riley Smith in the lineup. You still have Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson in the lineup. Like you still got two thirds of your top six intact, the way that it was for the Golden Knights in that game. But you're missing I, I your half think, your D. So there's... I, I know you're missing half your D, but you you're also getting some some really good contributions from your organizational depth on the blue line. Like oh, I know you're, because you're Chapman great... mentioned them all. Well, he did mention them all, but he forgot to mention Daniil Miramanov. That's what happens when you try to be too inclusive. All of a sudden, you forget people. It's it's unfortunate that uh, Chapman forgot about Daniil Miramanov. But the fact I'm of the matter tell is, Daniil too. Yeah, no, you don't are. Tell you should. Him. No, you should. You absolutely should. And he won't like me. One of the best interviews that we've ever had in Chapman. You're being that disrespectful. Yeah, I can't even believe totally. it. Totally. Um, I'm sorry. But yeah, I I think you know you're missing half your D. Absolutely. But you have Alex Petrangelo back. He's been an absolute horse. 
And, uh, you know, you've you got to give a lot of credit to the guys that have stepped in. Like Chapman said earlier, you've got Daniil Miramanov taking, make, uh, making plays on the power play and, and really allowed the Golden Knights to kind of get through that stretch where they didn't have Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo in the lineup. Um, you know Shea Theodore is going to get back. You know what he can do. Same thing with Zach Whitecloud. But right now, Braden Pahal is, is getting experience, and he's growing within his game here at this level. And I think... Um, he's talked about how comfortable he is in Bruce Cassidy's system. And then Caden Korzak, skates like the wind, fantastic stuff. So I, I think you're able to handle some of these injuries on the blue line, mainly because you've still got some really good, heady veteran players that are able to, to just kind of take on a huge load in, in Alex Petrangelo. Um, and Alec Martinez back now, only missed a couple of games. Uh, but you, you've got organizational depth on the blue line, and that's really been the story for me. Uh, in in kind of dealing with the injuries. Caden Korzak and I were laughing the other day in the dressing room at the day after he was on. Oh yeah, <laughs> about cruising up and down Broadway <laughs> in Yorkton, and now of course, how the two other guys in the studio had no idea what we were talking about. Not a clue. About. Oh no, not a clue. <laughs> no. Literally nothing. But but nope. the, but Korzak and I were in our glory, just reliving. Yeah. So I I Googled quickly Yorkton uh, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah, they have a film festival there. Why not? That's pretty damn cool. Why can't they? No, it's cool. It's it's awesome. I what else do you think that we couldn't have in Yorkton? Well, I I I, I was surprised that that Yorkton had a film festival, and now it's turned into a Canadian film festival. I got it. Can I tell a quick story? Sure. All right. It's story time with Millard. So I was in Yorkton doing news, sports, and some farm reports, too, uh, back in the day. It was my <laughs> first ever, no, my second paying job. I took a pay cut to go to Yorkton from Portage la Prairie uh, because uh, my girlfriend was living in Saskatoon at the time. That didn't work out at all. But I was doing news, and there was this big trial that was happening. And fortunately, the court mm. was in the same building as the radio station. So I would go down, I would cover this trial, and then I would go upstairs and file my reports and it was it was nasty trial but i had this this situation where they said is the uh perpetrator or assailant in the room and they said yes and the lawyer said point them out and the person pointed straight to me oh wow i'm like 21 years old and i'm i'm in the back row barely paying attention probably hung over and looking, around, looking behind me, and there's only a wall. And now the, this lawyer, it was the defense attorney, is like, oh, this is good. It makes me stand up, state my name, and all this kind of stuff. And it was wild. I, I had heart palpitations for weeks after that thing. You're going to the clink. Exactly. I thought I was oh, going to the boy. clink. But I was like, wow. one of those witnesses is the person in the room. Yes, can you point them out? And he waited for the regular thing. He's back there. Can you guys imagine doing that? Chapman, has that happened to you? Never. I try to avoid courtrooms <laughs> at all costs. What about lineups? Ever been in a lineup? No, no. Step forward, no. number two? No, 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 never. Number three, turn to your left? Never. No? Nope. They don't do that anymore. I don't think so. No, I think it's all photo lineups. It's like law and order now, right? They they, they pretend that they still do that. Yeah, but they, yeah it's, all, it's all fake. I would like to go in a police lineup one time just for the fun of it. It's all. It would be kind of cool. It would be. It would be kind of cool, but you just don't want to be the guy that they pick. Exactly. 
Number three, step forward. I'd be like doing a moonwalk back. <laughs> we got uh, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Let's start it off right. Let's get going. Call 702-876-1340. We have two tickets to next Thursday's, not this week, next Thursday's game between Vegas and Detroit. Thursday night game, you can go. Two tickets are yours. If you are caller number eight, to 702-876-1340, say hello to Chris and thank him for his constant performance on this program and his ability to name virtually every Vegas goal tonight on the show when we were talking about uh, great things. He was uh, he was very complimentary to the depth of this organization. Hey, uh, I don't know whether you saw this today, buddy. Do you see what's what's coming bobblehead-wise? No. For the Vegas Golden no, Knights? Uh, no. you, 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 like, you're a bobblehead guy. I am a bobblehead guy. Hmm. You're right. I'm looking right now. I'm going to find it. I'm going to see it. There's uh, there's some good stuff coming. All fans will add this reverse retro Shea Theodore bobblehead to their collection on hey. the 16th. And oh, Shea, that's beautiful. Shea looks good, doesn't he? You got the missing tooth and everything. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's so, so well done. So keep that in mind. Uh, thanks to uh, Brady and everybody over at the uh, art department. Graphic uh, design department at uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Brady had a big hand in the reverse retro jerseys, and there is a bobblehead I saw, coming. I saw Shea talking about it. You couldn't get off the phone fast enough with our winner well, because they, you thought you were going to miss out no, on the they bobblehead were, they conversation. Were, they were already in the system, so, you, so it was you, easy. You but. were so just like, I got it. Bye. bye. But who's like, our winner? Uh, Melinda. Okay. I like how he talked about how he's gotten his teeth fixed since. (laughs) And he said, just grab a white Sharpie or pen and you can color it in. (laughs) Pretty good bobblehead, though. Uh, No, it's a good bobblehead. Yeah, it's a good bobblehead. Want to mention uh, our best to Justin Kirkland of the Anaheim Ducks. He was involved in a car accident yesterday while on his way to the game against the Boston Bruins. uh, Transported to hospital under valuation. Full mobility. He is communicating and he's expected to be released in the next. 24 to 48 hours, which really tells you that it was a wreck. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, awesome that he's going to be okay, though. We're happy about that. Uh, he's uh, a player that they're uh, they're hoping for uh, some uh, good things from uh, coming up. But here's the story with the Florida Panthers. I mentioned Paul Maurice when we had Mike on earlier in the open phone section. You're beating uh-huh. my captain. They knew... They weren't going to be as good as last year. Mm-hmm. The high flying, score as many goals as you can. Florida Panthers that won the President's Trophy. The reason why was they got shut down in the playoffs, and it wasn't even close against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They did not keep Bruno. Nobody talks about Bruno, Andrew Brunette the interim head coach last year, who's now an assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they brought in Paul Maurice, veteran coach, because they had to change their style. And they had to be more responsible defensively. They had to play a style that could win some games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They knew there was a step back coming. 
and they may not win the uh, Atlantic Division, but they also thought they'd make the playoffs. Where they are right now in the in the standings is a somewhat of a surprise. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. They're not. They didn't expect to be as good as last year, but they didn't anticipate having to make one heck of a rally to get back into a playoff position. And that's what they're going to need right now. They're going to yeah. have to go on a epic run to qualify for the uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's it's not pretty for the Florida Panthers. I'm, I'm offended no. by it. No, it's not, and you're you're absolutely right. Like they they've got to go on a run, and they've got to make up quite a bit of points here, uh, with not really any games in hand on on anybody in that that they're in, involved in that race. In so, um, it's not good for Florida. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. So, if I'm the Panthers, did you think Paul they Maurice, were a playoff team at the start of the year? I was oh, lukewarm I to it. Oh, I, I, I was they lukewarm were, to it. Was, it. I, lock, stock, and barrel. I thought they were going to miss some of the... I think the Jonathan Huberdeau thing hurts because you've got a player that, that was so ingrained in that team, and Mackenzie Weger to me, was, was kind of the big key for Calgary, and it just hasn't really worked out for Calgary either that much. But um, I thought they were going to take a step back. I didn't think that maybe it was going to be this severe. Like, I thought they'd no. be... In the mix, but they're yeah, six points I, I out. I think they're a playoff team this year. Six points out. Uh, Matthew Kachuk brought in. He's done his job. He's he's been outstanding, yeah. uh, ridiculous. W- one of the top point producers of players that switch teams this year. Uh, so he's done his. But here's the situation for Florida: they're six points out. They play Colorado tomorrow, Vegas on Thursday. They're home for one, and then they go on the road: Buffalo, Toronto, Montreal. It's yeah. it's going to be challenged. By the time they get to the All Star break, it uh, it could be one of those we got to decide. I like this team. Uh, I do like Paul. Uh, uh, although I should mention Paul and I are friends, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm biased in in that department. But sure, I think that this is more than a one year project. That they knew there was going to be pain this year compared to a year ago, and. Whether they make the playoffs or that they go out early, uh, like they did in the second round last year, uh, that uh, you're, you're you might be closer to your ultimate goal by taking a step back than continuing the way they were playing before. All I'm saying is make sure you finish in the bottom 11. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you got that right for Connor Bedard. Those are your one timers for this Monday, January. <laughs> on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So an update from last week. I, over the weekend, went out and I found the first Green Valley grocery I went to did not have the the, uh, Secret Creamery ice cream. So I went to another one not too far from where I lived, and I was able to find a pint of Chance Tracks. Nice. And I will say, it's pretty good. Like, I love <laughs> peanut butter cups, but I love ice cream just as much. So when you put peanut butter cups in ice cream, I'm all about that. So uh, I, I I will say it, it passes the test. It, it qualifies. It's good. 
go out and buy some because I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I tried very hard not to eat all of it in one sitting, and I didn't, but I could have. Because really? You didn't? Oh, I no, did. no. Because you get have. those those uh, smaller tubs, right? Yeah, 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 but that's still, I mean, that's that's like 800 calories. I mean, that's not exactly uh, I can like tell you eating this. lettuce. I ate it all at one sitting, and India ate it all at one sitting. Well, you guys are well. fine-tuned athletes. You you on the, the stationary bike in India, the former field hockey player, you know, you, they're, they're, they're fine-tuned athletes. You so. know it's field hockey, too. Thank you for calling it field hockey, because uh, she and I had a debate. We're, we're, well, like ice hockey and field hockey. I said, no, no, it's field hockey. Hockey, ice hockey is hockey. Where I you don't, grew you up, don't have to, it's you don't field have to hockey. Call it, you don't. I know. Yeah. It's, it's good. You don't call ice hockey ice hockey. You call it hockey. But don't they call it hockey? Don't they call field hockey hockey in the Olympics and ice hockey is ice hockey? I believe it's field hockey and ice hockey. U.S. not very good at field hockey in the Olympics. They're gonna flood it better. <laughs> Freeze <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. That's what they got to do. We're now, not good at it. We don't have a game until Thursday, so we got a lot to get into tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show.